On today's Locked On Royals, Locked On Padres podcast, we kick off an extravaganza of a week between these two hosts because our teams are throwing down on the baseball field in between those white lines. Who has the edge in this series? We're going to have a series preview coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals Padres Crossover Podcast. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter. At Ryland underscore Styles, follow the show on Twitter at, L- at Lockdown Royals. And Javi's with us. Javi Reyes at Javapino on Twitter, at Elo Padres on Twitter as well. Javi, what a week this is going to be. A three part extravaganza this week between you and I crossing over. We're going to do our series preview today uh, on tomorrow's show. You're going to hear our normal weekly crossover. We talk about baseball and how it impacts the Royals and Padres on a more kind of a national level. And then on, on uh, Thursday, We're going to come back and recap the series that was between the Padres and the Royals. So a lot of hobby, a lot of myself this week. Hobby, how are you doing today? For those who are our audio listeners, we love our audio listeners. Let's be very clear. Love y'all. But if you're watching the YouTube and wondering why I'm wearing my jester hat is because that is going to be my permanent phase for a little bit until this clown show, this not, what is it, Rylan? It's not a tragedy. No, no, no. It's comedy. I've said this many times. And until then, uh, my, my jester hat has to stay on board. We've been record. We started uh, before recording this. We were talking a lot and Ryland somehow barely even brought up the hat. He's just used to it. And what can I say? It's, it's returned and it's not a good sign for the pods. Uh, I'm excited for this series to talk about it and like ask you questions about the Royals. But I, I just feel like right now that the hat alone is all people have to see to understand what the current state of affairs is with the, uh, with the Padres. Yeah, I'm kind of numb to it at this point. And that was my bad for not introducing the hat, but I'm kind of numb to it. I'm, I'm used to it. Um, that's just Javi. How Javi go, as they say. Um, you say that a lot. But um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a frequent flyer. So yeah, everyone says that, that yeah. <laughs> um, Javi, mm. Mr. Mr. Pino, Mr. Reyes. Yeah. Why is it your Twitter name Javi Reyes, by the way? Why isn't it Javi Reyes? Yeah, why is it Jalapeno? I just thought it was a fun name. Someone else came up with it, for the record. A, an old Xbox friend of mine back in the Xbox Live. an old X? Call of Duty Black Ops 2 days, you know what I'm saying? Playing some Search and Destroy, and all of a sudden... Because it used to be... I think originally it was Mojave Desert. Um, I believe that was my original Twitter handle. And I don't know, I didn't like having the Mo, and then all caps Javi, and then an underscore, and then Desert. I just wanted something more simple and Javapeno is what someone came up with and it was great. I love it. I know Jeff Snyder of the Lockdown Dodgers pod is like, oh, well, actually, that's not the proper. Pr-. I don't care. All right. Stop it. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's just it's just ridiculous. I think um, overall, uh, it's the best Twitter handle, though, on the Lockdown Mobile Network. And I stand by that. All right. Well, that's because most of us are adults, Javi, and we just have our first and last name is our at name. So uh, congratulations for that for you. Um, I'm happy for you. 
I, I wish you nothing but success in your endeavors as the um, jalapeno guy. Uh-huh. Uh, you ever think that maybe people took the Javier Reyes at? You ever think about that? And no. I didn't want to have a bunch of numbers. You ever uh, consider that, Rylan? No, I bet you, not. You sitting no. atop your ivory tower in Kansas City. Unbelievable. Let's talk about the series. You ever, you ever consider that maybe, just maybe, you could throw in an underscore at the beginning, middle, end, you know, an underscore? Yeah, I never tried that for sure. Never tried in, it. Throw in MLB at the end of it. Throw in Never tried it. Go ahead. It. Keep going. Let's talk about this series before people get mad. Uh, people are already mad at me. So sure. That's all right. But, uh, yeah, the series. Javi, you know that we've adopted the Padres on this pod as our team, as the Royal season is already over. Uh, but this week, I think that there's a rare occurrence where Royals fans are simply more excited about their team entering this week than Padres fans are. Javi, what's been going on in San Diego? In San Diego, it's been bad vibes. Um, They just got swept by the Dodgers. Everyone could go check out my episode from yesterday, uh, recapping that series and doing my crazy Joker laugh, which... May or may not make another appearance on this episode. Um, and they got swept. Two runs in three games. Bob Melvin calls out the team, says they got we got to play better. He got ejected in that last game uh, that they played against the Twins previously, another series they got their butts kicked in. And then how do they respond? By putting up two runs in three games against their big rival, getting shut down by basically all their pitchers, um, including Tony Gonsolin, including who, by the way, uh, for Padres fans, is not someone that they just bought. Same thing goes for Dustin May, not someone that they just bought. It's his farm, homegrown talent, and they're very good at it. And then they shut you out on Sunday to close out the series. And in the bottom of the ninth, there's a viral image of you guys joking and laughing at the top of the dugout, which looks really, really great, Rylan. It looks awesome. And let me be clear, um, not to get too anecdotal, but I remember like back in the day, in my younger days, there was like this clip from the show Hell's Kitchen. And I, I've always kept it in my mind, and don't worry, I'm going to land this, don't worry, uh, that um, there's this guy that they, the team like lost their competition and whatnot. People who've watched the show know what I'm talking about. One side lost, and they're in their like break room, and one guy's like throwing a chair around. He's so frustrated. And then there's this other guy who's just smoking a cig. Like he's just kind of sitting there and just looking down. And then the guy who's throwing stuff around was really mad. He was like, you, you don't even care, do you? And the guy was like, no. And it's like, just because I'm not throwing stuff around doesn't mean I'm not frustrated. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, to now bring it back to baseball, I'm not saying that I want Padres players to be walking around throwing stuff, looking miserable, and I think it's very dangerous to play body language doctor sometimes because someone who's smiling could be upset. We know that. You know what I mean? Like that's just Maybe that's just their vibe. But bottom line is fundamentally it just doesn't look good for the Padres, and they've been one of the worst teams in baseball with runners in scoring position. They have the lowest batting average with runners in scoring position. They have the fourth lowest WRC plus with runners in scoring position, even worse than your Royals. And this was before they had their good series this, this past weekend, the Royals, which we're going to talk about. Like, I think it was this past weekend. Am I crazy? You guys played well, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, they lost a series, but ultimately we'll talk about how it was better than it appeared. Okay. But they've been playing like ball and at least, you know, it's not like the Royals have the same level of expectations, and that's my thing with the pods right now. They just refuse to play up to it. I cannot emphasize enough how frustrating it is when players go like in the case of Xander Bogart, who were officially at the level where you have to complain about him a little bit 
because his last 20 games, he looks like IKF, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa of the Yankees. He looks like Eric Cosmer, 58.6% ground ball rate. Oh, yeah, I said it. And he started out great, so he's not, you know, uh, uh, suspect number one, right, for why the Padres have been bad, because he was the only guy who was batting consistently for the first month of the season. But it's also like, why can't you regress to being a 250 batting average 320 on base guy? That's your off month. Instead, you become Eric Hosmer. And it's driving me and a lot of Padres fans insane. That's just one area, Rylan. So they enter this series. It's so funny doing this show with this hat. Against this Royals team that is one of the worst in the league, if not the worst, aside from Oakland. And you're like, oh, hopefully they can bounce back. They should hit up this team's pitching a whole lot. I don't know. I don't know. We started off our season getting shafted by Kyle Freeland of the Rockies. They are underperforming to such an extent that we're literally having discussions where it's like, should Bob Melvin be fired? For the record, I don't think he should be. But uh, I think that kind of encompasses everything that's wrong with the Padres right now. So uh, it's just, man, Ryland, very, very frustrating stuff. And... I'm not fully confident they'll turn it around. Not fully confident. It's still early, but they just look like a middling team. They look mediocre in every aspect except for defense. And they look like a team that's going to try and squeak into the wild card. And that should not be the case when you have these type of players at the top of the lineup. Should not be the case whatsoever at all, really. Um, Javi, I want to know from you, what would it mean to lose this series if you're San Diego? Like, is, is losing this series to Kansas City, would that be hitting the red panic button? Maybe even that, that, that seat getting hotter underneath, Bob? It is so hard to hit panic buttons in baseball. It just is because there's so many games. And there's going to be a team who currently is meh right now not awful so like a's yeah we're, they're the cross-off team right we cross them off and we'll we'll do our, our kind of a weekly sort of general talk on another show but like the Padres aren't a cross-off team and yes they fit that category of like all right here's a middling team there's always some middling team that breaks out in the second half of the year right Phillies last year um th- there's probably another good example that I can't think of right now the, the Nats, Nats, Guardians, Guardians started blowing up Nats, Nats that year, they you wanna, yeah, the one year where they were terrible. There's going to be a team that gets back, and the Padres certainly fit those qualifications because of their talent. But as of right now, I mean, if they were to go in and they get beat up by the Royals, that's like people, and it shouldn't have been like this. It shouldn't. But we, it could approach, especially with the ownership and everything. You have all this preseason talk. It could approach levels where people start once again bringing up AJ Preller, right? who I have compared to Russell Westbrook, who I'm going to do an episode on why um, I feel that way. They look at that, this GM and they're like, you traded all your assets for Soto. You traded a bunch of assets for Snell and all these guys. So you can't move the roster around. Now, in theory, do I want to bet on Juan Soto? Of course. Do I want to bet on Xander Bogarts? Of course. Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. Of course. But this stuff adds up. And sports, you cannot enter baseball and so many stat nerd boys get into this where you do you make way too many presumptions based on data about how things are going to be going forward. I don't know. Are we sure that X player is going to get better just because his hard hit rate jumped at one point? I don't know. You think players don't know this either? You don't think that they have scouts and people telling them this stuff? It's not a guarantee. So when you look at stuff like this, take that into account. Things change. All of a sudden, Alex Cobb 
is going to be like the number one guy at the trade deadline for starting pitching. I don't think people necessarily knew that. Matt Chapman is probably going to be the top free agent absent Shohei Otani. And, to, and that, I'm just trying to illustrate things change. And that's why you don't like to overly commit to one part of your roster, or in the case of the Padres, everything on your roster, even if it had worked last year. You commit to a good amount. I don't mind any of those guys in a vacuum, right? But all of them together with no wiggle room, you're just setting yourself up to be like the Los Angeles Angels. The Angels are not who you want to be at all. Coming up, let's talk about a more fun topic in this series, which I didn't think that I'd be saying this time, heck, even last week. The Kansas mm-hmm. City Royals who had a really good week of baseball, <laughs> their standards. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at eBay Motors, folks, eBay Motors is incredible because they understand that like a championship team, all you need is for every player to be the perfect fit. It's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over mm. to eBay Motors. Mm. eBay's guaranteed fit. You can make sure every part that you need fits right the first time around so you can add it to your ride uh, through your My Garage app and look for the green check mark, also known as the perfect fit or your money back guaranteed because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game and you should be confident and are confident that eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from will get you back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a winner with the perfect fit guaranteed. So go to the right parts, get the right fit, right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay Motors guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers and Hellish Bottoms only. Exclusions do apply. Javi, we're back on Lockdown Royals, Lockdown Padres. You have vented about the status of your San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. How you feel about this series? It's tough because... The Royals, in theory, are the perfect bounce-back team for a team as talented as the Padres. Not trying to be mean. I'm not. I'm not. I'll be mean to you in other ways, like when you jumped all in on the White Sox after three games. Um, but, <laughs> but with the Royals, it's like you should be able to hit up a team like this. You should be able to walk in and be like, all right, this team's way below us in terms of talent, in terms of expectations. You should walk in, score a whole lot of runs. Uh, have your offense bounce back, whatever. This should be a good uh, – it should be a good vibe, right? But I just don't know with this team right now. I don't know currently because things are – this is where – it's not that they're spiraling, but this is like what people talk about as the beginning of when the spiral happened. Um, and I know it sounds super alarmist of me. Um, granted, I, I got to react to things every day, but that's just the current vibe. I hope that they can because in theory, the you know the Royals just in, in general – you know, you got your Vinny Pasquantino, MJ Melendez shows some power every now and then. Same thing for Salvi Perez. Bobby Witt Jr. improving ever so slightly lately a little bit, it seems. And you can probably attest to that more. But even still, man, they shouldn't be able to match you. It should be one of those series where you bounce back, you go in. Even if you lose one game, maybe it's like you lose 5-7, right? Where it's like, all right, at least we put, put up a five spot, like we showed some offense or whatever. But instead, just the the overall vibes. And then you play the Red Sox next who are a team that also can't pitch. So this is like a a really important stretch for the Padres offense to score some runs because you've got a team that can't really score runs and can't pitch in the Royals. And then you've got a team that can score runs, but certainly can't pitch in the Red Sox. So this week in general is really huge for the team 
And I'm hoping that they can take advantage of it. Javi, I hope that they take advantage of it for your sake, but mm. the Royals are playing a lot better baseball. So they, they did. Have. Are they... you going to apologize for your rant Whoa. about the Doom mask? Whoa. Whoa. Uh oh. No. <laughs> They're not. I'm not going to apologize for the rant about the Doom mask. Mm-hmm. The Doom mask, in my opinion, is dumb. It remains dumb. Even after they got their 10th win. You can go check the the show last week for why I think it's dumb. However, I will say this week was not an embarrassing week of baseball. So let's mm-hmm. take you through the week for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Starts out with a 12-5 to win over the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Offensive explosion. A 4-2 loss to the White Sox. Gave up the gave up the last run of the game in the seventh. Uh, so you know it was a competitive game all throughout. It was a one run game uh, entering the seventh inning. You know, competitive. That's what you wanted. A nine to one win over the White Sox, and a four to three win over the White Sox. They were on a heater entering the weekend. Then they lose five to one. Not, not particularly competitive, but they lose four to three. Very competitive game on Saturday, and then lose lose nine to six on Sunday with an embarrassing blooper being the thing that stands in the way of them and a a possible series win uh, for back-to-back series. So offense is trending in the right direction. Pitching staff, of course, still has questions. They don't have very many pitchers that are um, starting on the bump that particularly well, Uh, but the offense has, has connected. And and you mentioned some of the names. Vinny Pascantino is one of the best first basemen in all of baseball, uh, hitting the baseball. And, And he's been DHing and he's been playing first. That's awesome. Nick Prado is on an absolute tear. Like this lineup this last week has looked like what I've been thinking it could look like since December. And it finally came true. You had a couple home runs from Salvador Perez. You had Bobby Witt Jr. with a couple doubles with a walk that turns into a triple, like all, all this stuff throughout the last week um, that they've been doing. MJ Melendez, Nick Prado has been hitting the cover off the baseball. Vinny Pascantino has been one of the best hitters in baseball period. They look competitive at the plate with better approaches. They're hitting the ball better, hitting the ball cleaner. And also just getting some better breaks as well. Cannot deny that. What's also been an underrated storyline in like the national landscape of baseball, I think. I think the Royals fans pretty much appreciate it. But but Mikel Garcia, he is on a hot streak. And so it's easy to get mm. wrapped up in like the fact that he's playing well and like taking that as a as a sign and just running with it. It happens a lot, obviously. And it's baseball, and guys can cool off in a moment's notice, and you can look stupid, a la the White Sox three games that I bought into, and then they just sucked ever since then. But it's not necessarily the the, the results that Garcia is getting; it's the process, his approach, the way that he the way that he battles down, you know, in, in counts, and, and 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 the way that he just looks at the plate. He looks like a professional hitter is not going to cool off anytime soon. And, and I think that they finally have a lineup that they can try out there most nights, where one through six, seven, they're competitive with young talent who you want to see and not only want to see, but, but can turn in some really solid nights um, at the ballpark and, and Mike Massey coming around as well. So like the lineup is, is coming around um, to where you want to be. I think that, I think that the biggest aspect for this series is going to be the man, the, the manager, the Royals lost that game on Saturday because in, you know, in a tie game, bottom nine, 
instead of going to Scott Barlow, their best reliever and their, their quote unquote closer. I know that that's a taboo term nowadays. They're going to their closer. They, oh, went, stop. they, they went to a failed reliever. I mean, a failed, a failed starter turned reliever to try to buy some time to put Barlow in the game in the 10th inning that mm. they never got to. They never got to the 10th. Right. Inning. Right. So you saved him for nothing. You should have used him in that high leverage situation mm. and got you to the 10th inning. Cause once you're in the 10th inning, Anything could happen. You literally get gifted a runner on second, and this lineup has some speed top to bottom to where that runner on second can pretty easily score if you just do anything at the plate, period. Uh, and then and then it just becomes a more random game at that point if you're going to be gifted runner, base runners at second. So uh, Matty Q is not on the hot seat, but he's made moves like that where it's just like head-scratching moves where it's just like, ah, an experienced manager probably doesn't do that anymore. Like probably... Mm-hmm. Uh, has a better feel for the game. And so in these close games, sometimes they lose it because their manager is young, just like the players are young. And sometimes they lose it because the players, like on Sunday, make embarrassing bloopers that look like a little league team. So I think ultimately the theme of the week has been competitive. Like they they have looked competitive, if not outright good, um, for nine out of 10 times on the field this week. And uh, I appreciate that. And I think that they're in good spirits because of it. And Conveniently enough, since I came on the podcast and said that we're going to wipe the slate clean for May, they've looked a lot better in May in the sense of not World Series good, but if they would have played like this since April 1st, they would be a team that's like a game below 500, two games below 500, and is you know you you can acknowledge they're bad, but they're not embarrassing, and so it it, it sounds like a stupid stupid thing to say to Padres fans who are like in this for a World Series ring this year. But for Royals fans, that is significant progress to see that they're no longer embarrassing. Javi, coming up, let's preview the series. Who's pitching? Who's winning? We're back on the Lockdown Royals Padres crossover podcast. Javi, why don't you give us the down low? Give us Mm. all the scoops and the secrets and Mm. the uh, information as your little stat nerd boy. Who's pitching and who's winning this series? Well, the first one is expected to be Michael Waka. Waka, 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 as people know, uh, for the Padres in the first game. And by the time people are watching this, that game will have happened. I predict um, that in this game, I think Waka has like a really fun and solid like five innings, three earned runs, a walk and five Ks, like one of those starts. It doesn't kill you, but it doesn't win you the game. Um I don't know. I just I, I feel like there are some players in that Royals lineup. I don't like how many home run MLB home run notifications I got from them. Uh, and I think that they can take advantage of the type of pitches that Waka throws. I think his off speed stuff, especially might be a little bit more susceptible to this Royals lineup. So I think he might give up some big hits. Uh, maybe Bobby Witt comes alive. Um, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he keeps uh, being uh, one of those players that refuses to take a walk. I would like that very much. Um, that'd be very good for my team's sake. But um, I think that overall he'll have an okay start. Nothing crazy. Michael Walker wasn't brought to this team, uh, in my opinion, anyway, to be like some shutdown starter. Uh, and for game two, which people will be able to see by the time this game starts, Seth Lugo is a starter for the Padres. And you might look and you're like, whoa, 3.1 ERA. He has been good, but the storm is coming. He gives up a decent amount of hard hit stuff. Every game, he gives up an absolute blast. The thing is that it's only been solo shots, and then he's good the rest of the way. I don't know how the Royals hit against curveballs overall. Some of their best 
players, but that's what I would look out for if you're a Royals fan is the spin rate on um, Seth Lugo's curveball is like the highest of any starter. So there's a lot of movement on that thing. It's a pretty good pitch. He doesn't throw super hard in terms of velocity, but he's solid. And again, I think that he's due. There's going to be a game. I just don't know which one when a team lit, hits him up for like three home runs in two innings. Uh, I don't know how many runs that'll be, if there'll people be on base, but it's going to happen. And that's okay. That doesn't mean I think he's bad. It's just that I don't think he's 3.1 ERA good. You know what I'm saying? And then the next starter after that, I believe is projected to be, if I can do this correctly, that should be probably you Darvish going next. We're going to have to see still how that, how that pans out uh, for the rest of the rotation. But I think it's probably going to be you Darvish for the last game of the series. And Darvish is the biggest one to fear. Um, he's an absolute genius out there and he will tinker his pitches and use whatever split set of five that he needs to work against this Royals lineup. They can certainly hit him hard. I can see them, him giving up two solo shots, right? But for the most part, he's going to probably go deep into the game, limit walks, especially on this Royals team that apparently has a lot of players that don't like to take walks. And I think he's going to be pretty electric. That's just me. I don't know about you. But to me, I think overall, though, the story of this series is going to be offense and which team scores a bunch of runs. Yeah, I would love to see Bobby Witt Jr. get more walks because he did lead off a game last week with a walk, Javi. Mm. Or if he used to take a walk, he let off the game with a walk. And you know what that what happened then? He stole second base, stole third base. Now, the Royals didn't bring him home, but mm. it's such a significant weapon to have. So, Javi, I cannot wait to see how this all unfolds and to see um, what all happens this series. I think that this series will go the Padres way, but I think that the Royals will come out feeling better about it. Does that make sense? Like, do you, do you understand what I mean by mm, that? Like, like, mm. yes, the Padres are going to win the series, mm. but they're going to leave it going. <sighs> they won, but we didn't really get going. Like, like yeah. they didn't, they never, they never won 12 to one. Yeah. They won like five to four. They never had two. a moment in the series where you're like, oh my God, it's Grisham, Tatis, Soto, Machado are coming up and Xander and we're, we're up by two, but oh my God, we're about to be down by six by the end of this inning. They haven't done that once this year. Once this year, I promise you, Padres fans and people who are watching this team have never feared the top of that lineup. And that's bad. You should, even when you're up by runs, this should be one of those teams that you see that top of that order and you're like, oh man, it is definitely not close to over yet. And instead, it's Friday's game, not to go ranting Joker mode again, but in Friday's game when it's Manny Machado grounding into two double plays, Ruth Runners on first and third and first and second. That's what it's been like this this year. Every They are electric when you have no runners on base. You're like, uh-oh, there's Kim, the leadoff single. There's Tatis, and now he's on base. He could steal. He's got speed. Every time, it almost goes to waste. Um, and that's been the story of their season, but yeah, I, I do fear like a two, three series where they score like three runs, four runs and one run, right. Where you're just like, what's going on here? What's going on? This doesn't make any sense. This team just overall is just not there yet. And you should be able to beat up on a team like that, but they haven't beat up on bad teams all year. So Ugh! it's rough. It's rough, man. But I, I want to ask you a, a, a quick question, which is. You starting to uh, is your confidence swing in Mr. Bobby Witt the way that the little pieces on my head are going back and forth right now on my hat? Are you are you 
are you fearing the the super top prospect? Hey, Wander Franco is the number one prospect in baseball. He came up pretty great at the start. Then he had a meh next season because he also got hurt. And now he looks like a superstar. What's going on with Bobby Witt? What's going on, man? Well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. I got mean. This was a mean question. I apologize. Sometimes you miss. Oh! And so that's a possibility. Like, it's a possibility that we just missed on Bobby Witt Jr. Like, everyone everyone thought he was going to be great. We as a media thought he was going to be great. The Royals thought he was going to be great. And he's just not good. He's just like an, an average starting shortstop. He might not even be a shortstop, period. My only issue with it is... My only issue with it is they rushed him to the big leagues in the sense of what was the point of him being on the on the active roster on opening day last year besides mm, just to like mm. sell tickets uh, to opening day? He probably wasn't ready. But on the other hand what would be the point of sending him down? Hmm. You're, you, not only is this team terrible, they're already out of contention. So you might as well let them get big league reps. And at the end of the day, the service time manipulation didn't really matter because he might not be worth manipulating. Like if he doesn't, as long as he doesn't command a, an unbelievable contract at, at the rate he's going right now, he will not sign a deal that Kansas city couldn't, couldn't feasibly sign financially. This time last year, we probably thought that that was going to be like a six a six year and fly guy. We're like he plays here six years, that's cool. But but the shortstop position is that of of a contract that Kansas City has never signed and will never sign. Now we sit here today, and I find a hard I find it hard to believe that he will price himself out of the Kansas City market. That also could mean just not very good. Like his numbers compared to Asidus Escobar. Uh oh. So like, oh no, it, it truly, and I, and I, and I, you know, this, I hate that baseball culture oftentimes is this statement, but with Bobby Witt Jr. Specifically, I think that it fits. Mm. It's too early and can go either way. Like I, I'm willing to admit now that he could be a bust. Whereas a year ago, I would have said, there's no shot. He's a bust. Yeah. There's a shot now. There's, there's a shot now that he is an average shortstop at best. But, Which is not awful, but the problem is that he was the top prospect. That's the yeah. problem. But there's, but there's still a shot in him being a superstar. And this week, I thought he played a lot better than what he's been playing all year long. Mm. And the Royals did put pressure on him to be a superstar from the word go and and inject new life in this fan base. And to this point, it has not worked in wins. It has not worked in. Um, attendance and in the sense of like fan engagement. So he probably feels like a failure right now. And so we cannot discount the mental aspect of baseball mm-hmm. Agreed. and how much that this is a mental game. And he yeah. probably has the weight, of the, the weight of a franchise on his shoulders and feels like he messed up. Mm-hmm. But this last week he played more free and looked really good doing it. Including hey. a couple doubles yesterday. Been so a good fantasy baseball player, at least that much. He's been good for fantasy, seven yeah. homers, 12 steals. That's not bad. Yeah, and so and so with this with this I say, the only thing to me that's changed is he has a shot to be a bad player, whereas like mm. last year I wouldn't have said that. So it sucks that there's now a shot that he's a bad player, but at the same token, I still think that, that floor is just average, and it reminds me a little bit of like Luke Hochaver, 
Like Luke Hochaver is picked above all these Hall of Famers. You can go look it up. The Royals mm-hmm. picked him. They're so stupid. They picked this college pitcher out of Tennessee who sucked. And they could have had Clayton Kershaw, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. But Luke Hochaver was a fireman out of that bullpen and helped you win a World Series. Helped you get to a World Series. Mm-hmm. So it sucks. You didn't get the Hall of Famer. But we all know that baseball draft is the hardest draft to hit on in all sports. And we all know that like people miss on baseball all the time. And baseball is the easiest one to derail a top-notch career of. So I do have a hard time believing that he'd be less than average. And if he's average, hey, I'll see this score was average. And he got hot at the right time and, and led you to a World Series with one first pitch swing at a time. So it's just disheartening that like now it's no longer a slam dunk. And you mentioned uh, Wanda Franco. It's also disheartening that like, Adley Rushman is literally him. Like mm. just it's mm. it's it's not true. And it's not true the way I'm gonna say it, but it, this is what it feels like. And I know that this feeling is wrong, but it is what a fan feels like. It feels like Adley Rushman single-handedly carried that Baltimore organization back to relevancy. And that didn't happen. They signed on the they they they, they did good getting mm. on the margins and improving their bullpen in the, in the margins. They did a lot of things very well and added Adley Rushman. But when you look at it at face value, as just a casual observer of the Orioles, it mm-hmm. looked like, okay, they interjected Adley Rushman into what they're doing, and he made them a, a competitive 500 team. And that's what you felt like Bobby Witt Jr. could have done for your team, and he didn't. Yeah. But I think that that's what's more so bringing the opinion of Bobby Witt down versus anything that he necessarily has done. The classic comparison issue. You know, it, it happens all the time where it's like, um, you know, and NBA it wasn't a little bit. Too. Uh, Jeremy Pena. Yeah, Jeremy Pena is Julio a great Rodriguez. Mm. Rodriguez. He got put in such a great class where these rookies are making such a high-level winning impact that yeah. by comparison, he looks like an absolute and total failure. When in, re-average, when in reality, he's just an average young young hitter. Yeah. That's a great point. This happens sometimes. It happens with every sport where it's like crazy quarterback draft class. You, get, you have Tua, you have Burrow, and you have Herbert, and everybody hates Tua because it's like, oh, well, you know, you could have had Herbert. It's like, well, yeah, but like two is still when he's healthy anyway, like a capable quarterback in the NBA. It's like, oh, well, you took Doncic or you took Trey Young over Doncic. And it's like Trey Young's a pretty good player. It's just that in comparison to this. And that's what's the, this idea of expectations and unfortunately being compared uh, to all these other players. I think I agree because he was by far the guy. Everyone was in their fancy baseball draft rooms. You, y'all saw what happened. Julio Rodriguez was going like 196 overall. Bobby Witt was like number 50. And as a result, I feel like you're right, that it feels like, wow, out of all the rookies that have come in, you had to be the fourth one. You couldn't even be the second best one. Like, oh, it turned out that Jeremy Pena was a surprise. No. Instead, it's your you, you, you have a poor walk rate. You've had some defensive issues. You have the power and the counting stats and the ability to be good, but unfortunately, has it. And, of course, you have the name. He does have the coolest name, I think, out of all of them. I, I, I will say, I think, I think he has the best one. Adley Rutschman. At least it's unique, not necessarily the coolest name ever. You know, you've got Jeremy Pena, that's solid. Julio Rodriguez, solid, but I feel like I've heard names similar to it before, especially Rodriguez, especially for a team like the Mariners. You got a guy named Bobby Witt Jr. That sounds like a movie character, and I just feel like he's it's been unfortunate. Who knows though? Now that we've all said this, he's gonna go two for four with a home run and a double and two stolen bases tonight. So we'll see. Javi, I think that what this, what what it is too defensively, he's like Derek Jeter. He he makes these insane plays where like he's 
diving backwards into shallow left field and making a grab, or he's backhanding a ball in, on the outfield grass and throwing it across the diamond in time for an out. Mm. But then he gets a ball hit right to him and he botches it, or mm. a ball hit slightly to his right and he botches it. But he makes those extraordinary plays to where you think he's a good defender. And he's mm. fast enough to be a good defender. He's athletic enough to be a good defender. Just isn't a good defender. Mm. So he has some of that Derek Jeter in him too. Wow. Wow. It's a shot, man. Uh, well, that is, that is, it is what it is. The bings go Javi. where the bongs flow. What can you say? <laughs> Javi, thank you for joining us on this first part of our extravaganza. We'll see you tomorrow for our normal crossover and then on Wednesday for the series recap.